Welcome everyone to a new episode of Incognito, where we talk about the darkest secret, the intimacy killer, and the way to freedom. I'm your host, Bishoy. I'm Rami. And I'm Andrew. And we'd like to welcome everyone again for uh, tuning in with us. If you have listened to the first episode, we started a story of one of um, the people who are still struggling with porn, and um, his name is Fisher. And we basically just, Romy actually is the one who read the story and we went over it and we talked about um, a lot of pointers that, like we just commented on a lot of things in the story. And today we're going to like take it from a different, not a different perspective, but kind of continue what we've been doing. We started and we talked about how we love sin more than we love God. We talked about how uh, we get there and we mentioned that from spiritual perspective and just from a, a worldly perspective as well uh today we're gonna be continuing on and kind of give more of a solution not the ultimate solution but again comments on fisher's story on how can we get out of this bubble how can we love god more than we love sin it's important that we, yeah, you know, last time we talked about, you know, what makes us go to this sin. And, and obviously, this can really be, this, the same can be said for a lot of really deadly sins. Deadly meaning like stuff that just takes over our lives. Some people struggle with drug addiction. Some people struggle with, um, you know, different kinds of things that they're just really attached to. But porn is kind of like that. It's Actually, it is like that. You, it takes over your life. Uh, some people have minor flings with it and some people really just they get overwhelmed they get bombarded with this sin they that's all they think about that's all they do once you get to that state where it's really taken over your life you get to a point where you love the sin more than you love god and that's actually not my words fisher said that in their story if you remember from the last episode he stated that he's come to a point in his life where he loves the sin more than he loves god and that was very difficult for him to admit but at the same time it was freeing not because it was a good thing, but because it allowed him to gain perspective on where he is in this part, where he is in his sin, how how bad it's affecting him and things like that. So what we want to talk about more today is is how can we reverse that situation? How can we reverse it? How instead of loving sin more than you love God, how to love God more than sin? It sounds like a very easy question. It sounds like pray and read your Bible are the answers and going to church. And those are really good answers. But the idea is once you have this overwhelming sin that takes over your life just like we saw from fisher it's the way he thinks it's the way he looks at women it's the way he uh, uh you know thinks of relationships it's the way that he manages his time so you know it, it it's his entire life this sin so he has really really little room for god but how can he sort of reverse that how can we do that how can we join God again? How can we rejoin Christ and be resilient at, uh, at all times to, 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 to reverse that, to love God more than we love sin? Absolutely, Rami. Um, and that's, that's why it plays uh, psychologically. Our, our minds play so many games with us. This is why many people don't even realize that they're addicted to porn or to other things for that matter, you know? Yeah. Ma- many of us have heard that one of the first steps in healing is admitting that you have a problem and without the step you will not get very far in your recovery 
So this, uh, this leads, to, uh, leads us to another psychological effect of porn, which is how porn uh, distorts your perception of reality. Uh, porn is so complex, and the reason why it can be dangerous is that I can, it can make us lose touch of reality. When we watch porn, it becomes embedded in our minds, and we begin to view porn as real life. Watching endless videos of premarital and extramarital sexual activity, as well as increased involvement of male and female promiscuity, can really mess with our minds. After watching these types of videos day after day, month after month, or year after year, we begin to develop beliefs such as uh, men are generally sexually driven and, and, uh, and women are sex objects or commodities. These beliefs come, become normal to someone who, who was addicted. This is why when we read Fisher's story, he desperately uh, wanted to connect porn with all his female coworkers mm -hmm. and that he would try to recreate all his porn memories with any girl that he met. His mind began to blend both porn and reality into one realm, and this can be extremely dangerous when developing relationships with others. Yeah. Um, thinking about, you said something about it takes over your life, right? That's pretty much what you're saying. Right. And, you know, Romans chapter 6, we can get a little bit of biblical perspective here. Romans chapter 6, it's St. Paul writing, and it's a reflection on rejoining Christ. And he starts the chapter by questioning the idea of living in sin. And, um, you know, Romans, if you, if, you, if you ever read in Romans at all, you'll see that St. Paul really tackles a lot of issues that we have in our Christian life and, and our Christian struggles. He tackles a lot of them because he was speaking to a people that were struggling with this in, in Rome. Uh, he was speaking to Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians, and they were dealing with a lot of these issues. So at, at some point, right in the middle of this book, around the middle, he said, well, this, let's question the idea of living in sin. And, he, and he, he's really saying that just because Christ saved us, does that mean we continue to live in sin, but we can just count on his grace and his mercy to keep saving us? Like, so is it sort of like a, like, a, like a, sort of like a membership? Like as soon as you're a Christian, you're fine, that's it. No matter what addictions you have, no matter what things you have, uh, um, you, you're immediately saved. But now that's contradictive. Obviously the answer is no. There is, there is some work that we have to put in. Verse 3 and 7, he says that St. Paul, he says, Christ was buried, and we were buried with him as well. Meaning that when Christ died on the cross, he offered us the opportunity to be saved from sin. He didn't just say, immediately you're saved from sin, no matter what you do, you can keep living whatever lives you have. No, you have an opportunity to be saved here. It's readily available for you, and nobody will be turned away, and nobody will ever um, have a lack of you know salvation or nobody won't have the opportunity but the only way to be saved and from sin is to be buried with christ what does that mean be buried with christ if you look here verses five and six it says for if we have been united this is roman chapter six verse five and six if for we if for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death certainly we we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. He's really talking about baptism. Baptism reunites us with Christ. So the old man in the verse is when one is baptized, they rejoin Christ and forget their old man, meaning like their old selves. But also the key word here is might, that the body of sin might be done away with sin. 
the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. The word might is used because Christ dying for us does not guarantee heaven. It does not guarantee eternal life. But we constantly have to strive away from sin and move closer to God. God. Christ's resurrection gives us the freedom and the strength to do this. So that's why his resurrection is so important. But it's also a might. It's an opportunity that we have. Why is this so important to talk about? Why am I making this distinction? If you guys think about it, it's kind of like just because you have a driver's license doesn't mean you can go anywhere you want. No, you actually have to get a car. And just because you have a car doesn't mean that that's it. That's all you have to do. You have a car. I'm free. I can go all over the world. No, you have to have gas. You have to take care of the car. You have to make sure this car is running right. There are certain laws we have to abide by. You have to have insurance. You have to drive it with a clean record and all that stuff. So just because you have this doesn't mean you're immediately saved. But that's the idea of loving God more than sin. It's to, to strive, to be overwhelmed by God, to be bombarded by God's love and grace. But we have the opposite. A lot of people that struggle with porn, it's the opposite for them. That this is, this is um, where they are in life. They're just completely obsessed with it. And, 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 and a lot of times it comes to a point like where Fisher, he just doesn't know how to get out of it. And it, it gnaws at them, and this is what they think about when they think when they think when they go to work. The women that they look at, they if if it's a you know a woman that they're attracted to physically, they go try to look it up on their computer. If it's a, maybe a partner that they have, maybe they're engaged, or maybe they're married, or maybe they're looking to court someone in order to marry them. Uh, or in our American and world culture, they're just dating people and living with boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff like that. You start to th like this is you're trying to mimic what you see on the computer screen or on your phone screen or whatever people um, watch porn from. And the idea is that St. Paul is here telling us that, you know, we can let go of this. And a good way to think about it, and this is really what Romans 6 is talking about, and a good way to think about it is like this. Let me put it in this way. I got this metaphor from reading the Orthodox Study Bible. And it says this, right? It says, you picture a large plantation owned by a cruel, cruel slave master. So this is, you know, a long time ago, you know, slavery times, uh, anywhere in the world. And day after day, generation after generation, the slaves are subjected to back-breaking labor and harsh conditions. And, and there's just, this is no way of life. This is horrible, right? Eventually, the slaves begin to believe the only way for me to be happy is to keep the slave master appeased, meaning... All right, I got the slave master. He's really coming down hard on me. The only way I'm going to keep this person happy is I'm not going to run away for a bit. I'm just going to embrace it. This is the life I live. And this is what we do. A lot of times, this is what Fisher said. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch porn. I'm going to dive into this life. And this is what I'm about. And I'm not going to get away from that. Because I got to keep this happy. Whenever I try to run away from it, it hurts too much. Or it's very difficult. Same thing with slaves on a, on a plantation. When they try to run away, it, it's a very difficult life. It's a life on the run. You're empty. You're... You're lost. You don't know what to do with your life. But then a new master comes into town and purchases many of the slaves for himself. Right? A very, very rich master, no shortage of funds, buys everybody. However, this is you can't really call this person a slave master because he's, a, he's kind, he's gentle, and he treats these so-called slaves as his kids. So this is really a metaphor for Christ. He's a fatherly type, a fatherly figure. On this new master's plantation, those what used to be slaves, they're treated like their family. Uh, they, they, and they have this new sense of dignity and they have an identity. Oh, this, I am my own person. I am free. I can come and go as I please. But however, 
The plantation for the new master and the old master are very close. You can, you can picture them as across the street. The old master is still right across the street and his voice carries a great distance. He still barks commands at his old slaves. So out of habit, when people, when these, you know, what used to be slaves, when they hear their old master's voice, they instinctively begin to um, do what he says, as if driven by autopilot. They obey the old master, then their new master has to come along lovingly and reminds them, stop, wait, remember, this is not who you are anymore, right? This is not the way. You know, there, there's a different way where you can get out of here. And the idea is, I mean, Mitchell, you can, ju you can kind of jump in here and sort of um, support what I'm saying here, but it's, it's, it's not a hopeless case. You know, we're, this is not it. We're not just, just because we're bombarded by the sin. And I like this word bombarded because it describes like you just have no way out. Picture of someone, a soldier on a, on a field, when they're bombarded with airstrikes, they have no way of exiting. But that's not what it is with porn. And that's the beauty of Christianity. That's not it. There's hope. There's new ways we can get out of this. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when you talked about, like, just the reminder of, like, to put it more into, like, a practical way of, like, saying, oh, this is not who you are anymore. Right. The only practical way to put it, in my opinion, is the idea of giving. And it's funny because I was listening to one of the TED Talks, and it was about, it was about porn, you know, and I... It was a long time ago, and um, we'll have the link down below for people to check it out. It's a great TED Talk. Definitely. And the guy said this. He said, stop porn and start giving. Stop porn and start loving. And the guy just summarized all of it, basically. He summarized what you said. Uh, start giving. Start loving. And it's all connected. I mean... The whole idea of Christianity, what makes Christianity special, is the idea that God loved the world. He came to the world to save us. You don't see that anywhere else. Anywhere else, it's just people trying to reach God. But then God had that, you know, role model of like, no, I love you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming to save you. Which, like you said earlier, doesn't, you know, guarantee that because he's... The, the, the saving because there's part that you have to do of accepting and going after him and you know like follow him but then like yeah so from the Christian perspective love is the greatest thing and then after that you look at loving loving is simply giving in any form or shape so giving is the easiest way to describe love so are you saying that when I'm watching porn one is watching porn anybody I'm taken I'm because let me ask you a question. When was the last time that someone told you, oh, yeah, I watch porn and, uh, yeah, I think a lot about the uh, people that I'm watching and I really want to help them out? Hmm. Never. The whole point is you want to, you know, that person who's watching wants to satisfy themselves. Yeah. So, like, even if you look at the five languages of love, hmm. you know, they are what? Gifts? Oh, you give gifts. Time? You take from your time and give it to someone else. Service? You're giving away your energy, your effort your time as well words yeah, it's nice words that you're you know saying you're giving it to them right and hugs if we talk about physical touch we're just gonna for the sake of the context we're just gonna hug they are all forms of giving whether it's giving time effort you know that warm touch for the people you love all that so that's always gonna be the first step and giving. I think in giving even though if you look at Fisher's story he doesn't say clearly really but it was very obvious that it's when he noticed that, yeah, when Abuna was with him and he was like, are you struggling? And then he was like, wait a minute, 
that makes sense. I'm not actually struggling. And it wasn't until he put his heart and soul in service. He said he was serving, but I didn't do any much. It wasn't until he put his heart and soul in it that he realized, wow, now I'm struggling. Now I'm making progress. It's not too far. It's not too strong. It's not too big, but it's progress. So we think of, we're thinking of struggling like, you know, when you when you when you struggle with something, it's like two people pulling a rope. One is pulling, the other is pulling. Yep. There's always a back and forth. But when you're str- not struggling, is one person lets go, and the other person is just pulling all the way, and it's very easy. Exactly. So struggling with porn doesn't mean watching porn constantly. Struggling meaning, all right, now I'm working on this. I'm yes. trying to love God more than this. And sometimes I fall. Sometimes I get up. I have great victories. Some falls, and I just keep it moving. I keep oh, it. Yeah. I keep it going. Yeah. So struggling really starts internally. We gotta you're get sick to, of it. We gotta get to that point. We gotta get to the point. Exactly. Exactly, which you're sick of it. You're sick of it. Now, what is the practical way to try to stop watching? Start giving. Yeah, there are other ways. Oh, yeah, when you get the urges, go for a run, uh, read a book. These mm-hmm. are all great these things. Are, these are these practical, are great things. physical things to it. Uh, these are things for the moment. We're talking about if you really want to stop watching porn, you got to have a plan. And the plan is number one, or I mean, the number one goal is you want to change your mentality. The mentality here is I'm taking, taking, taking. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to start giving. And how you start giving love. So I remember one time I, uh, I asked a psychologist and I was like, what is the ultimate test for a narcissistic person? And she was like, the intimate relationship. That's it. Because that's when the person is, they just care about themselves. They don't care about others. Mm-hmm. And that's why porn is the exact opposite of sex, like we mentioned earlier. Because sex is all about like the other person. Porn is about just me. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm watching and I because I, I want to satisfy my needs. That's I wanna, it. Mm-hmm. That's I want to pleasure myself. Exactly. Sex isn't like that. And that's it's why not. people and that's why when people talk about porn and sex in the same context, it's just it gives that wrong idea of what the holy sexual relationship that God intended to be looks like. And this is kind of what Andrew was talking about. You know, when uh, your brain just basically is rewired I loved what he said. It. He said, distorts your perception of reality. Porn isn't the reality. Porn is ne- was never the reality. And, and that's, and uh, going back, is that like, help others. That's really all I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Help other people. Help with anything they need. Give back to your society. The goal really isn't to be the best Sunday school teacher. The goal is not to be the uh, most successful or most loved servant at church. These are good things, but that's not the goal. The goal is to give back. The goal is to provide and help. Give back quietly, give back genuinely. And I will guarantee you that if we all do that, our life will turn, flip 180 degrees, 100%. We love sin more than we love God because we think that sin fills us. It doesn't. It looks more pleasing, I'll tell you that. It does look better. But is it better? No, it isn't. That's why people are empty. Right. That's why pe- anyone, if anyone who's struggling with porn, they just they are they feel empty, and that's when they come to the realization that oh, I need to do something. I need, to, and that's when they remember when we said you gotta be sick of it. That's that's when it, com- it that's always the breaking point. You keep watching, 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 and you're just empty. And, and listen, th- uh, let me just let me just say something. If you're not sick of it and you're just starting. Don't get to that point and mm. then quit. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> like, We're not saying do uh, as much as you can yeah, and then get yeah. sick. And then <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not saying that. Yeah. We're saying 
that's that's the level of that's the mindset it has to be to be free from like a severe addiction yeah i like that you you, you it's, we said this last episode we said that uh, uh, uh we, we were recording actually i got this from um an abuna which we'll have this abuna on uh, hopefully in future episodes and hopefully soon maybe next couple of episodes to talk about uh the stuff it's he said to me once or he said in a once you know sin is good Good, not in like moral or not, ethical, not in no. a beneficial way, not in a beneficial yeah. way. No, sin is good because like we do it because we think it's good. I'm gonna watch porn because it's good. If, yep. if I want to steal something, it's good. I'm gonna gain this thing, money or whatever. If I want to lie, it's good because I will protect mm. myself. So, we don't have to, you don't have to convince yourself that it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. It's bad because it, it, it attacks your Christian character and stuff, yeah. but in and of itself, it's good. Yes, but that's the common misconception yeah. because. Well, it looks good. That's not what it is. 100%. When you look at porn video, you think that this is sex and, and, and the, the acting that they do and all this. That's not what porn is. That's not what sex is. Yeah. Sex is a completely different thing. And so when you're watching porn, you're not watching sex. You're just watching garbage, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. No, and that's, and like, I mean, on the contrary, serving. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I don't want to give my time for this. Oh, I don't want to help this person. Oh, my God, I would rather be, you know playing some PlayStation or uh, right. playing some sports or whatever. But the truth is, yes, it does seem like hard work. And it is more hard work. But it's much sweeter. It's much more beneficial. And it's much more filling. I'll conclude that point right here. It's just like two questions that I feel like they helped me personally. Not, I'm not talking about porn here. I'm just talking about in general. But they really help in that part too. Is that... If you want to find out if something is good for you or not, ask yourself two questions. Two questions, two simple questions. Where does it take you and where does it leave you? Porn takes you nowhere and leaves you lost. Service will take you to peace. And I'm talking about inner peace. The thing that people are always searching for and finding for. And it will leave you at God's heart, in God's hands. And like I said, this is not just for porn. They, does it, those two questions, I think, help with porn? Absolutely. Do I think they help with everything else in life? Yes. Like Uber. Like Uber. Where does it go. take you? Where does it leave you? <laughs> yeah. Takes you uh, to where you want to be and leaves you uh, stranded in the middle of the road. Yeah. No, but I like that. That's very good. I need to start using that in my life. A lot of times I ask you, where does it take me? And then I don't think about where it leaves me. That's, a, that's probably the mistake that a lot of people do. Exactly. Where does this take me? Okay, I want to go there. But yeah. where does it leave me? Leave you, exactly. I don't think about that. So, I mean, like, to I, keep it in context. I get into Ubers and I don't care where I go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's your problem. How, how did it even take you to that place? <laughs> it was by coincidence that I got here today. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah. exactly. Like, I mean, uh, porn will... Yeah, it will take you to like, yeah, dude, I, I want to, you know, I get those temptation or, you know, right. sexual urges and, and I want to feel good. So it takes me there. But then, okay, once you feel good, it what happens? It leaves me away from God. It leaves me a more selfish person. Empty. Empty. And it leaves me with 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 an addiction. Exactly. With with brain damage. Which, yeah. hint, hint, that's our next episode. But we'll get there when we get yeah, there. Yeah. I actually like what, um, I want to circle back to, you know, what you said, Bishoy, on how... You have to change your mentality. And I know that um, there's a verse, I think it's, it might be in Romans, and I'm paraphrasing that uh, St. Paul, he said uh, that, do not be conformed to this world yes. by renewing your mind. Romans 2.12. And that's yes. right. And I think that... What is that verse again? 2.12, Romans. 2.12, yes. I think right. it was 2.12. <laughs> Look it up to show you while Andrew's talking. Yeah, yeah. so um, 
but yeah, so I, I think our minds, you know, it's 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 a big factor, and and we have to change our our mentality and our mindset, and and when we, you know, begin to develop these addiction addictions in porn, uh, we sense that porn is so important, and that your mind restructures itself so that we can do this behavior more efficiently, without having to think. Um, and you know, for example, it's almost like auto updates on your computer or on your phone working in the background without needing you to directly engage it. Um, the endless images and, and videos combined with how good it feels builds an association in our minds that when repeated, it changes our brains so that it can perform this behavior more efficiently, faster and automatically. Wow, yeah. So. It's Romans uh, 12 to yeah. my bad. Okay. Romans That's 12. why I wanted oh, you to do backwards, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just mixed the numbers. Come on. I wanted you to look it up. At least you got the numbers right. Yeah, yeah, yeah here we go. Yeah, come yeah. on. Like, Romy, don't look at me like that. Yeah, because uh, sometimes you just guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm wow. just kidding. Where did this leave you? Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> wow, what a way to come back. Anyways, right. So, okay. Yeah, I think uh, in the end we'll we'll eventually be stuck in a world where both porn and reality become one. And what's even worse is that porn can be accessed virtually from anywhere and at any time yeah. right no, that's what it is that's right? what happened with fisher every time he went to work when he was in school when yep. he was in business meetings when he was at home it was just about how can i make this reality come on my computer screen yep. and how can i make at some level it gets how can i make this computer screen come to real life which is a right. different part of the addiction but that's exactly where we are right now and and you, you think about it and everybody has a phone everybody mm -hmm. has a pad an ipad or whatever everybody has a computer and everybody has internet at any time you don't have to be in a in a building to have internet anymore you can no, yeah, not anymore. you know so data data you know everything like that so this is readily available for everybody so the struggle is very much real and difficult yes and here's the thing that's the hard thing about the struggle yeah we when we say it, it's so easy the hard thing about struggle is to keep struggling trusting god and trusting the process like people right. say and that's what we call resilience. Resilience. That's the key word right there. Resilience is, it is a lost quality in humanity. 100%. Because we live in a society where we don't practice any kind of resiliency. What does resilience mean? If you actually type it in a dictionary, it'll show like elastic, you know, something that can bounce back. So to be a resilient human being is a person where you can constantly bounce back from difficult times, right? Whatever puts you down, you get back up. I don't know if you guys watched the movie Rocky, but in Rocky Five, I think, he was speaking to his son. I think if Rocky Five, maybe four, but I think five. He was speaking to his son, and he, Rocky was telling him, it's not about it's not about how hard you get hit. No, it's, it's about, about how, how many times you get hit and keep getting back up. Yeah. So that's that's what resiliency is. Yes. I love Rocky. I, I use him for a lot of stuff. That's definitely my favorite part of the whole series. Of the whole <laughs> 100%. I love this part. Right. It's, it's a great part, and he said it with such, you know, vehemence. I think that's the word, yeah. Anyways, but that's what resiliency is. If you actually think of resiliency, it's like a person, it's like a fighter who keeps getting back up. It's like an NBA player who shoots the big shots after a horrible game. It's about, you know, a student coming back with his GPA at the end of the semester or her GPA at the end of the semester. LeBron stole the goal, by the way. <laughs> So, um, we're, we're thinking about The Last Dance. That's why if you guys watch The Last Dance, we're thinking about that. Um, 
that's why he's talking about goat and not goat. But that's what resiliency is, you know, back to the subject. That's that's what resiliency right. is all about. And with porn addiction, or just anybody that's struggling with porn, it doesn't have to necessarily be an addiction of any sort, but just something that you're struggling with. You have to be resilient. And and let, let me let me tell you in a biblical example of resiliency. So if you heard of King Josiah, King Josiah is one of the kings, one of the uh, few good kings in the Old Testament. When you're reading the book of Kings and sometimes Chronicles, he was the first of all he became king at a very very young age he was like eight years old about eight years old uh he became king and he when the two kingdoms were split one was judah one was israel his time during his time the people were very far away from god the temple was destroyed there was idol idol worshiping there was corruption in almost all high places including family members you know he had he even his own mother was a very very corrupt person but he was different he was different because he was an energetic king he instituted severe religious reform he outlawed all idolatry and false worshiping. He even repaired the temple, and during his repairs, he found the old, uh, the whole Pentateuch, which is the book of the law, the Torah. And when he did this, when he found this new revelation, he, he was trying to follow God and, and trying to be a good uh, king for his people. And he was trying to bring back, you know, religion, and he was trying to bring back, you know, people to God. And, and he was really trying to do everything that he's, he wanted to do. And as, as you know, in this time, all kings were really bad. After King Solomon, all kings took a downward slope. They, they, you know, the kingdom of Israel was was horrible. But he did this, and he kind of bounced the kingdom back to better times by rooting out all corruptions. He even took his own mother out of power. She was in charge of a specific part of government, and he took her out. He took away all idol worshiping. He took away everything that led led, led away from God. And and actually, the verse says. You know, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 34, this is the Orthodox Study Bible version, so it might be different with New King James. Thus Josiah removed all the abominations from all the land that belonged to the sons of Israel. And he made all present in Jerusalem, and Israel diligently served the Lord their God for all their days. They did not depart from following the Lord God of their fathers. This is a very strong verse. He removed all the abominations. This is resiliency. Because if he would have just enjoyed his wealth, enjoyed his time he would have been completely normal not to say that that was right but that would have been exactly what we expect out of kings at that time but he removed all the abominations let me ask you a question let me ask you guys a question do we remove all the abominations from our life from our you know bodily kingdom or temple do we do this the same way or do a lot of times we submit to it or do we go half and half like i mean I'm trying to think, when's the last time I removed just an inch of a bad habit? I, I drink a lot of coffee. I eat a lot of sweets. I had this bad habit of soda. I don't remember the last time me saying to myself, oh, you got to stop that, let alone a specific sin in my life that I just got to remove. I, I rem I'm trying to remember, do I have this type of resiliency? Do we all have it? Is this something we should have? Obviously, we should. But like, how often do we say that to ourselves? How often do we say, you got to bounce back. I got to get out of this time, you know? What, what, what do you think? When you reflect on your own lives, when you reflect on examples or experiences that you guys have, do we remove abominations from our life as resilient as King Josiah was? One time, I tried to stop sweets for 30 days mm. while having a Nutella jar right in front of me <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. So talk to me about resilience. Right. <laughs> right. That's the point. It's hard. Like, it's okay, hard. How do they expect me to like? How do they expect myself to go far when I literally have like yeah. a full jar right in front of me? Right. It just doesn't happen. You know? Exactly. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, I mean, if you 
think at it from the uh, another perspective like back to porn you know mm-hmm. that's, that's our topic mm-hmm, here <laughs> mm-hmm. so like yeah we will find people following you know we'll be following like instagram models right and by the way their pictures are not eh, they are borderline okay right but they are borderline that's when you said half and half right that's the cracked door this is a trigger one time I was reading an article about like getting rid of triggers. Right. And that was one of them. He's like, you want to be really practical? All right, here's what you do. Mm-hmm. You should unfollow all and every person from the other sex who's right. a model. Right. And start following people, start replacing it with something else. Whether it's, I don't know, um, I mean, you mentioned food. So, you know, food pages or you can mention like um some people who have like good advice motivational speakers right obviously from the spiritual perspective that would be even better but yeah it's just like getting all these things out of your life it's music that can trigger you because it talks about sexual things it's movies that you watch it's certain actors and athletes that show their off their body in very inappropriate Mm ways i mean andrew can you talk me about that you know a lot about that stuff about getting away getting rid of triggers this is a way to be resilient, to get rid of that stuff. Well, tell me more about that. Tell us more about that. For, from what I've, what I've experienced is that a, an important factor is to have a, a plan for your day. Make sure when, when, you're, when you go start your morning, make sure you know what you're going to do for the rest of the day. Because when you're idle, you might you know, you might fall into sin, whatever it is, you know, if it was as far as porn, you know, because sometimes when we don't know what we're doing, we don't have a plan. We, we tend to, you know, cruise around and we tend to go home and, and sometimes it can even trigger us if we're having a bad day at work where we want to forget about what happened and we end up watching porn instead. And sometimes, cause it's so easy to access nowadays, but right. what I've learned is to have a, a plan, a weekly planner, even a monthly planner, just to know what you're doing throughout the day and make it and make it productive, you know, right. and have a routine, you know, after work, make sure y- you have a plan and you're going to go home, you're going to, you know, read, you're going to watch a podcast, you're you make sure that you know what you're doing for that day. Because if you if if you if you're not sure, and you're bored, and you start thinking and maybe fantasizing you know you're gonna you're gonna go there right right so so if i freestyle the day i'm i'm pretty much gonna fall back in my old habits yeah it's it like may it, happen not you know of course but know. if I, so if i'm trying to do a diet i have to plan out my meals right if i just say i'll eat whatever correct. you're most likely not gonna eat the good stuff correct you know that's yeah. that's sounded but i mean that's what it is right here and obviously it goes back to our first point you got to recognize what your triggers are so, for example, if you go home and after work, after a long day, this is what you like to do to de-stress, quote unquote de-stress, and that's that. What that's what you have to plan around. If it's before you go to bed and you like to spend a lot of time on the internet, this is where a lot of you, a lot of us, you know, fall. May or may not be different for everybody. This is where we don't struggle, right? Then this is what we have to plan around, right? Is that what is that right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I want to go back to. Uh and we can we can conclude here if you if you guys don't have anything to add but about the expectations right when you mentioned right. rocky and you were like it's not about how hard you get hit it's about how hard 
I think it's. I think how it was, many times it's not, you. It's not about how hard you hit. It's, it's about not how, how hard you get hit and stand. Yes. Yes. And then, like continuing this pep talk or whatever you want to call it, he says that the world is a nasty place. Yes. And it will get you down to your knees. Yes. And it's true. Such a great movie. I love it. Pro- definitely one of my favorites right. uh, after The Godfather, for sure. Right. But yeah, the reason why I'm, I'm bringing it back up is just um, when Andrew before that talked about expectations, right? And one time Ben Shapiro, he's a political figure, but we're not talking about politics here, but he said something about porn before that was really nice. Right. He said that people don't just expect their spouse to look like what they see in porn uh, movies, but they want them to act like them. Yes. And how can something that's good for you, that this is, this is a very, you know, this is I'm taking all the spiritual part out of the equation i'm taking i'm just being very very unbiased very open-minded and i'll ask you a question how can something be so good for society okay when it's so unrealistic and expects people to do unrealistic things right. it doesn't make sense i mean here's the thing it's the same as watching a romantic movie if you think that you're gonna live that forever with your significant other you're gonna be disappointed. Yeah, like the Notebook. Uh, sure. If you whatever. think if you think love life and and not love life, but a marriage or an engagement or a court relationship, a courting relationship is like the Notebook. Wait, I didn't know you watched these type of movies. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, I never said I watched it. I think I saw a trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Anyways, um, it's the same thing. Right. When you watch porn and you set the standards, and I. I'm trying to, like, I can't find a word better than standards because it shouldn't be setting any standards, but you will be disappointed because it is, not because it's, wow, far better than real life. No, no, no. It's just unreal, period. Right. Like It's fake. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's the thing. And the problem is, it's kind of like the, the soil that porn grows on is because we are turning into such an obsessive Culture. culture and we were talking about that Romy remember yeah and I remember the the example you gave was like some vegans mm-hmm. I mean I have we have no problem against anyone no. who wants to be vegan but no. I'm just talking about the idea of some people who are vegan they would look at people who eat meat and be like oh my god you're disgusting right no they just don't see the point right and it doesn't mean that someone disagrees with you that you have to take the other side and just everything that person says is wrong. Right. The best example is politics right now. Right. You take one side and then the other side is just all wrong. 100% of the right. time, 100% of everything they say. Right. Because we believe in one, th- this is the cult- type of culture, because yeah. we believe one thing, that means the opposite of it is absolutely wrong, which yeah. is not the case. Yeah. You can be a vegan and that's fine. You cannot be a vegan and that's fine. The idea is, you know, we're not disputing whether that's good or bad. We're yeah. saying whatever the opposite of the thing that you are, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the enemy and that's yes. the wrong thing. This is why we're an obsessive culture. Yeah. When we go one way, we go all the way and it becomes violent and it's sometimes yeah. aggressive and sometimes very mean and nasty. You know, like if you believe that I am, for example, I, I, I believe in this political party, mm-hmm. right? And this political party uh, opposes this other one. So this other one right here, B, I believe in A. And if B says the opposite, B is horrible and corrupt yeah. Yeah. and bad. And if you're with it, then you're bad. And, and, and now I'm starting bashing you. And I'm going to create all types of 
Twitter posts and Instagram accounts just to bash you yeah. and catch your every little moment. That's what we do with porn, right? Once you watch it, you become obsessed with it. And yeah. this is what it is. And this is, you know, we're not saying choose one and the other one maybe not that good. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're, what we're saying is that we're an obsessive culture. Yes, exactly. This is because of social media. And this is how, you know, everything is presented to us today. Yeah. You know, choose this over that because this is so horrible. So do this, you know. So that's what we do with porn. We, we, we go all the way. Yeah, eventually. I, don't, I don't want people to misunderstand why I was bringing up like the differences right. between like, you know, uh, vegans or politics or something. No, no, this is just I'm just giving an example right. of how obsessive we became and right. like we watch one thing once we like right. it or someone says an opinion and we like it. We just go all the way. We never question it. No. Anymore. We're not that curious. We anymore. don't ask questions. We don't do any of that yeah. stuff. So that and lets us to be really, yeah. really that leads yeah. to addiction that leads to yeah. being obsessed and just yes. not yeah exactly and just like and going back to our roots you know as 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 christians is that we do we do judge people sometimes and we judge them really hard that we forget that the most glorified saints had really terrible beginnings right and some of them have gone to places and became better than we will ever be. My patron saint, St. Moses the Black. Here you go. He, he did every... If you're familiar with St. Moses the Black, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, June 1st? Is it June f July 1st? I think it was July. July 1st is his okay. commemoration. Yeah. Go in the Synexarium. Go read about him. If you don't know what a Synexarium is, just type in St. Moses the Black on Google. He did everything that is wrong in the book, from murder to kill... to to. I mean, savagery to everything that is lying, stealing, cheating. Everything. Uh, it doesn't matter. Everything. Whatever thing you can wrong, whatever something wrong, whatever wrong thing you can think of, he did it and he did it all of his life. But then he eventually became a priest, mm -hmm. a monk priest. He gave communion. He took confession. Mm -hmm. His life was transformed 100 360, yes. uh, 180, not 360. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going to be back to where he's at. That's back to where he's at. <laughs> yeah. Did you fail ma math class? Did you fail geometry? Huh? Did you fail geometry? I uh, know, trigonometry. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was what? Oh, my bad. Trigonometry, geometry, yeah, yeah, everything gotcha, ends with tree. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but no, like, yeah. I mean, I just would like to conclude with that is let's just struggle. Let's struggle not just with our personal fights. But let's struggle to accept each other. Let's do it. Let's just, you know, Absolutely. love each other, be patient with each other, be accepting and not kicking people out, no. you know, because of their struggles. No, we yes. all have struggles. Let's just, and the reason why I'm saying that is because hats off to someone like Fisher. Yes. You know, he admitted to himself and he was willing to share it with us. And here's the thing. I can guarantee you 100% that one day, Fisher will be free. Not because I know. Not at all. It's because I know God. God never asked us to succeed. Mm -hmm. He asked us to struggle, strive to be better, to will to grow, all that. That's what God is asking us. I mean. And God never, never, ever left someone who has been struggling. Period. Period. So if I have a, a concluding thing for this episode, my statement would be, let's struggle in loving God more than sin. Well, again, I'd like to remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by Pigori Productions. They have other podcasts and they have other movies that you can check out on, their, uh, on the website. Um, if you are willing to share your story, like Fisher, 
please email it to us at incognito at pigoriproductions.com. That's again, incognito at P-I-G-O-R-I productions.com. And if, you, if you're watching on YouTube, please like this video and check out all the links below for our website, our social media platform, and also for Pagori Production Works. If you're watching in SoundCloud, please like the video and repost it. You never know who needs to hear this message. And like we always do, we'll leave you with that one thought, that the ultimate way to freedom is to ask God for help. Because as he promised, when we cry, he heals. We'll talk to every single one of you in the next episode. See you next time. Have a blessed night. Bye, everybody. See ya.